Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are loaded up. What will Wednesday bring with the return to play chant for Big Ten in Nebraska football? We'll spend some time on it. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. 5865 numbers to join us can find us on Twitter. Give us a follow. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Coming up on the show, we'll talk to Mike Babcock. Uh, we'll get into some football and some tie-dye fashion tips. Says can't wait to talk to Babbers. Mike Schuhart. What a uh what a weekend for the PGA, man. It was incredible with uh Anything you can do, I can do better when it comes to bombs from many, many feet away to win in uh, sudden death. Shuey will join us. We loved catching up with him and him sitting in last Friday as we were out at Wilderness Ridge. Brad Edwards, college football insider with ESPN in one hour. And then our dear friend Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer, uh, host of the More To It podcast and co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird got to sit down with Bill Moose last night and the crew. Uh, on Big Red Wrap-Up. So let's start there. As yesterday, you had the, well, the the the, the, the pure joy, honestly. Uh, whether Wherever you're at with the president, as a football fan and Nebraska fan, you had this thought for a while yesterday that October could be a reality to play football. Is that dead? And you had Bill Moose uh, correspond with uh, Hale Varsity. He corresponded with the Lincoln Journal Spar. And he also sat down with Big Red Wrap-Up last night. And what's what's the return to play? What are the scheduling options? What are the dates? And here's Bill Moose from last night. And, and I'll, I'll follow up with that because I, I still don't. And you can light me up if you want. I still don't think October's out of the question we'll hear from bill moose we'll hear from ronnie green as he was at the mayor's press conference a little earlier today but here's the moose right now uh, the earliest that we've discussed is a thanksgiving model um uh, there there has been a lot of support early on uh for uh, jan first of january personally i think it gets a it, it gets a little scary if we start any later because as Jay knows, being a former player, that uh, the the body uh, can't can't really uh, uh, bounce back with another season just down the road. So um, I really think the earlier the better. But we we've got to be careful and and make sure that that um, the pandemic is under control to some degree and that our testing protocols are consistent and and working. So I, I think that. Uh, it would be a seven or eight game season conference only uh, with a championship game uh, occurring probably right around the beginning of March uh, for that January model. So that's what's on the plate right now for the Big Ten. But I think there's other conversations 
possibly happening. We'll get into that with Jay Moore. We'll talk with Mike Babcock about that. But here's Ronnie Green and was asked about it uh, today at the mayor's press conference when it comes to return to competition. There is active work by the hour uh, in the Big Ten about how to return to competition, when to return to competition, all of the policies and protocols and procedures, much like we have been talking about here in a much more detailed way for return to competition for fall, what would have been fall sports. And I am very encouraged that we are going to see that happen. And uh, I am very hopeful that we're going to see that happen yet this year. So it's ongoing. It's not ever stagnant with those conversations about return to play. So let's get into some other folks around the media. You've got Bobby Carpenter, former NFL guy. He has been kind of in front of this from Columbus, does a morning show in Columbus, I think on the fan up there. You have Bobby Carpenter, and this was what he tweeted out this morning. Very encouraging news with the Big Ten. Kevin Warren had a good handle on what is needed for sports to resume. The federal government will provide enough tests for all fall sports in the Big Ten which solves some critical questions. Schools have great medical centers for any additional required resources. Uh, More to it, hearing tests will initially be for football to get them playing, to provide the necessary revenue to save non-revenue sports and get them back and uh, preserve their opportunity to compete. So you've got this situation where... Can we really talk about October? Can we talk about October 10th? You, you just heard Bill Moose. And my, I don't have wax in my ears. I got the Q-tips out this morning. Did some, <clears throat> did some work. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shut down October. Let's go to Dan Patrick for a second. Dan Patrick, of course, uh, sportscasting legend, used to be with us. Uh, for many, many years in the afternoon on ESPN Lincoln. And and his source reached out to him because you've had folks come back post-President and Warren meeting yesterday. You had folks in the media say, look, it ain't going to happen. No. What the hell are you thinking? October. Bill Moose has even said right now we're looking at, at January or Thanksgiving as the earliest, which is fine. That's That's what's been the focus right now. But what have we seen? What have we seen with this stupid pandemic? What have we seen with this football season? Things aren't set in stone. They're not even bolted down. There may be some duct tape, but it's ripped and it's old. So who knows how good the stickum is to it? Let's see if that conversation can't happen about October. If you get federal government support with rapid testing, you've got FDA approval for that, but it comes down to the myocarditis. Say myocarditis? Myocarditis. I usually have it written down in front of me. I didn't, and there we have the butcher job. Myocarditis is, the, the, that's, that's what you're going to have to sell to a number of the presidents and chancellors when it comes to liability and health and safety. 
You had Jay Paterno talk about it when it comes to the EKG and the machines that scan and test. That's 90 miles away at Penn State. I don't know if there's anything on campus for Nebraska or if it's at UNMC. But if you get that equipment and those machines to the campuses where kids can get scanned, then that would meet part of those health and safety measures that get updated, those procedures that get updated. Because you can scan kids daily or weekly for the myocarditis. So you need to get moving forward with October 10th because, again, the source that said the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are, are going to tap out to Dan Patrick came back and said, look, you've had folks refute this October discussion point. Listen, if you can get the uh, updated uh, procedures and safety measures knocked out, you can get things rolling by October 10th. And that's that's kind of the date, right? And if you're a college football program, I mean, Ohio State practiced today. Nebraska is practicing, okay? You're not in pads, all right? But you can get that green light to ramp up and go again. And even if you start practicing, well, got to be within a week. You need the green light within a week to be able to be ready to go and start your season October 10th. That way you can have a eight or nine game schedule, have a championship game, and give a Wisconsin, give an Ohio State, give a Nebraska, give a Penn State a chance to play and win the Big Ten. And there's enough... Uh, as good as advertised feeling out there with Ohio State. They've not really had anybody opt out. I mean, they're they're loaded to go put a title run together. They're still pissed about Clemson, okay, last year in the semifinal. Ohio State wants to go try and play and win a national championship. I am not going to shut the door and lock it. I've learned that so far through this whole stupid pandemic when it comes to college football. Now, time will tell – with what happens moving forward with kickoff in the SEC. I think the, the, the Big Ten is going to be cautious for sure, and they'll be observant because you're going to have the NFL kickoff a week from tomorrow, and you're going to have BYU and Navy on Sunday. You're going to be watching some of these teams that are going to be kind of your guinea pigs. Do you have enough time to observe – get positive feedback. Look at Central Arkansas. They've had zero positive tests since their their kickoff to college football last Saturday. That's awesome. The other thing that needs to happen when it comes to the Big Ten bylaws is you need your 60%. Can you flip six schools? Can you make the decision 9-4? Nine, 9-4 four, nine, nine, four football Versus 11 to 3. You got to flip six schools. And back to Dan Patrick for a second. Uh, he doesn't think there's going to be. His source says he doesn't think there's some schools that want to play. So let's let's go there. Say you're Rutgers. Say you're Michigan State. Say you're Minnesota. And they just say, we're out. We're not having this discussion. We're done. We're out. So does the Big Ten shrink back to 10? And do you only need six out of ten? Or do you got to count the all, all 14? Here's what I believe may be revisited by the Big Ten. Can you get ten? Can you get eight? Can you get nine? And can you slam a season together and do so 
and allow teams that want to and can meet safety and health protocols to play. We talked about this three weeks ago. We talked about this leading up to the Big Ten pulling the plug. And Nebraska kicked this thing off before anybody about wanting to put a schedule together if the Big Ten wasn't going to play. And due to postponement, not canceling, they couldn't put their own schedule together like Army has, like BYU has. So let's revisit. Let's let the folks that pass your safety and health protocols and have the equipment and the testing available for all fall sports to move forward. That means Iowa. That means Ohio State. That means Michigan. That means Penn State. That means Wisconsin. That means Nebraska. There's six. Give me two more. Not going to get Northwestern. Not going to get Minnesota. Do you get Purdue and the Brominator to jump in? Their president's Republican. Not in the White House with the school. And he voted no. Can you flip him? Does Illinois and Lovey? Does Lovey go have a chat with the president in Illinois? Sparty? They just want, they, Sparty wants no part of football. <laughs> Honestly, based on... Just their situation, new coach, never had a chance to practice, new roster. Uh-uh. Rutgers, I'd love to see Noah throw the football this year for these Scarlet Knights. But they're in a bit of a, uh, a hot spot, at least they were. And I, I, there's no way Minnesota's going to be allowed to play ball. But can you get Penn State and Wisconsin and Michigan and Nebraska and Iowa and Ohio State? And if that's all you get, Do you let them go do it? Do you let them go compete for a Big Ten championship? Do you let them play if they meet those health protocols? Well, well first, Bill Moose and Ronnie Green have to go Frank Underwood House of Cards style and go get these votes. That's the first thing that's got to happen. you got to find the whip in the house, don't you? Get those votes by any means necessary. (laughs) (laughs) You you are so right about getting getting the votes. I, I appreciate that. Listen, I'm not putting a I'm not putting any flowers on the grave here. With, with football. Probably a really poor choice of words, words with COVID. I don't mean it that way, but I'm not shutting the door on it, okay? And I'm not, and I, I don't think Bill Moose is ready to jump out and say, sure, we're, we're looking for October. I think in his heart and his head, he thinks maybe that's a possibility. If it's a daily conversation that Ronnie Green's talking about, I wouldn't rule anything out. And if you can get... Listen, if, if, if the Donald says, hey, Penn State, I know you hate me. I know your governor hates me. I know I'm running against your guy from, from Scranton. But what if I can deliver four EKG machines and monitors and, and scanning devices, courtesy of the federal government, if you get football back on in-state college, would you say no to it? It's it's no different. I mean, he'll get on the horn and, and get get a GM plant somewhere to start cranking out EKG machines like he did ventilators. You would have told me at the beginning of this year that Trump would use the Big Ten conference to try to get reelected. I would have called you crazy, but every, you know, everything in this year has you, been so Do you so know weird. the states? Do you know the, the... Oh, they're very important, yeah. Right? I mean, you look at the electoral. They are monstrous. She would have thought the, the Big Ten conference could have a, a place in determining this fall's election. 
Well, you ask yourself this. I don't. Again, we laid this out yesterday. I don't care how you vote. I don't care who you vote for. But if you're on the fence and you're a giant football fan, you may just say, "Yeah, why the hell not?" Or if if it doesn't happen and you've got the blame game going on, there could be some real buy-in to who prevented your beloved football season this fall, and that. That's a reality. Mike Babcock's coming up. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider coming up. Black shirt Jay Moore on the way. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mike Babcock, uh, 40 years plus of uh, amazing Nebraska coverage at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, Smitty, all things considered. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, trying to stay safe. Well, I'm glad you're staying safe. We are going to dive into some, some tie-dye Grateful Dead Crocs <laughs> in just a second here because tie-dye is the, uh, the, uh, the style of choice for uh for 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 homework uh how how much are you buying or selling this october discussion point about football i know what bill moose said i trust bill moose completely i understand things aren't aren't ever stopped when it comes to conversations about trying to return to play for big 10 football so where are you at when you hear 10 dash 10 potentially well you know when i first heard that i thought well there's a reason for optimism among football fans uh i guess myself included but but the more i think about it the more i think how difficult it is just even simple logistics of how teams are going to travel you know the kinds of things that that typically you would have planned for this a long time ago um, and now you're going to have a very short period of time to make those decisions and make those plans. And, and uh, uh, I think there's that difficulty on top of what you've been talking about, you know, the uh, um, trying to get a majority vote in the, in the conference um, and whether or not you could, have, you could play uh, some sort of a season with uh, not all uh, 14 schools involved. Um, because there are some that are, look like they're pretty committed to not to not playing football, um, it, it just seems to me like it's a it's a head spinner, you know, to get to get done uh, by October tenth uh, because we're already uh, now we're into September mm-hmm. and uh, it's not just practice time, uh, which is also consideration preparation uh, for the team, but it's but it's uh, just the logistics of, of of putting together a schedule, um, setting up travel arrangements, and so forth. What do you uh, What do you think of the the fact that the the news yesterday was President Trump and Commissioner Warren on the horn together for twenty minutes? Well, I thought that was interesting, uh, and I, you know, I think this discussion of uh, uh, the government's going to pay for uh, machines to get on campus for for schools to play football. In the Big Ten, I guess it doesn't apply to the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 doesn't want to play, right? 
Well, um, I think Arizona does. Okay, <laughs> and I think so. you, I think USC does, and I think everybody uh, at Autzen wants to play, but <laughs> I don't know that their governors are, are are interested in any any phone calls from the president and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, does that have a ripple effect? Then, do you supply those to the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve? That the schools are, you know, those schools are already going to try to play um i just think it's a and you know what's the overall reaction of people that aren't football fans they look at it and say the government's spending money to do this so football games can be played um i don't know i, I it it's just again it's a head spinner i i would be surprised if the big 10 is playing football by uh, on october 10th but but I've been wrong many times before, and, you know, I didn't think we'd be having this discussion when the Big Ten season was uh, canceled. You know, when fall sports were canceled in the Big, Tw- Big Ten, I would have said that was it. You know, it, there are, uh, Kevin Warren and the people that voted against it the fall season were going to hold fast, and we wouldn't. there would be no such discussion of this, and there would be no sources telling me that... Uh, you know, they could be planned by 10-10. Um, much less, I was surprised that, you know, November, at the end of November, that uh, there could be some beginning of a season, which, again, I still think that's going to be difficult to ask student-athletes. If you're talking about the health and safety of student-athletes, particularly in football, um, you start in November and you play into the spring conceivably, um, and then you turn around and have a fall season, I I. I don't think that's a good thing. I guess you get done fairly quickly, right, if you do that? Yeah, I think so. And I just don't think, uh, I mean, something's better than nothing, but I think when you look at it, we're talking a dome, we're talking winter, we're talking depleted roster, and you're not playing for anything other than to play. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, exactly. In the winter. I mean, it just, great, we get to go hook up at the Rose Bowl and no one cares because you're just playing for the Rose Bowl. I guess that would be very Big Ten, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it is tough because you're going to have a depleted roster, right, like you said. Um, You're going to be playing in, you're not going to be playing at home. It's not going to be, and I put that in uh, quotation marks because you're probably not going to have fans there anyway in either case but um it's just you know it is so difficult to say um what's going to happen um with the with with COVID-19 much less you know what's the wise thing to do and you know obviously we'll soon find out with the conferences that have decided to go ahead um how's that going to work and what's going to happen there but uh Boy, it's a difficult decision for anybody that has to make that, I think. Babbers, it is fascinating that we're talking about still the possibility of playing ball, be it November, be it January, uh, or fingers crossed for for October. And does any of this happen, this conversation, this movement, this push, without Bill Moose, without Scott Frost, without the Husker 8 lawsuit? You know, that's the thing that uh, it's kind of, uh, there there was the passion for it, certainly came from Nebraska, uh, and and Nebraska took the lead, but then as soon as Ohio State got involved in it, it was like, uh, well, Ohio State's leading the charge here, because Nebraska got 
just hammered initially mm-hmm. uh, for even suggesting that, and then all of a sudden, when Ohio State got involved, then it was a pretty good deal, and and people got on board a little bit more. But you know, I think that no, I I don't know that the discussion would have continued if, if there hadn't been the uh, if there hadn't been the uh, Nebraska. I, I want to call it a passion for football. Um, that uh, that this thing has gotten to the point that it has, where we're at least discussing the possibility. Again, whether it happens or not is, is you know, we we don't know that, but but we do know, I think, that it was Nebraska's drive that uh, got the discussion to this point. Well, Nebraska's playing the role of fullback once again. Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike, exactly. Just getting back to Kevin Warren canceling the season. He said it was an overwhelming vote. We learned on Monday that it was 11-3. to Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State were the three. Are you surprised that only three teams voted for the season? I mean, I know we heard so much in the past couple weeks about, oh, it was overwhelming, but we, we didn't really know for sure. Uh, no, it, it didn't, Elijah. I, it, it didn't surprise me. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the comparison I used, and I even wrote about it, it, it's kinda, it reminds me of the Big 12, you know, when, when the Big 8, was joined by four schools from Texas, and the talk was, the was presented to us this way. It's like nothing's going to change. They're just adding four schools. Well, immediately the, uh, the the Big 12 office moved from Kansas City to Irving, Texas. There was a good sign of what nothing was going to change. And then when there were significant votes uh, early on in the conference, it, there were a couple of 11-to-1 votes where Nebraska was alone. If, if the big eight schools had stuck together, I think um, it might have been a little bit different outcome. But they didn't. You know, they uh, and for the most part they voted against Nebraska. So Nebraska consistently found itself on the short end of some of those votes. And uh, you know, I think we're seeing that. You know, that was my initial reaction uh, to the Big Ten vote. It's like, well, here we go again. You know, Nebraska's in the minority. Uh, on something, and and uh, it just reminds me of of what happened in the in the Big Twelve, and one of the reasons that uh, Nebraska got out of there. Mike Babcock's with us, historian, author, Hall of Famer with Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. dot com. Babbers, uh, we were talking this morning over on KFOR about uh, sweatpants, fanny packs, and the new pandemic fashion trend is tie dye clothing. How many tie dye shirts do you have, brother? I don't know that I have that many anymore. I've got the, the ones that are the select ones, you know, the, the ones that I just could not get rid of. Well, yeah, I mean, they're uh, special. Yeah. I've, I've always liked tie I like I like colors, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I probably didn't fit the really, uh, from, my, uh, from my era when tie-dye was first really popular, I probably didn't fit the... Uh, uh, the standard for a lot of that stuff, but I, but I certainly did appreciate the uh, tie-dye shirts. My hair wasn't particularly long, and I think the first time I had a beard was when I was actually at the newspaper, and I wore sport coats and ties. And well, you're uh, the Chicago Tribune's top ten best dress, brother. I mean, yeah, yeah, there was a there was a classic story, uh, but uh, but you've got some uh, really awesome Grateful Dead tie-dyes that you yeah. wear. Oh yeah, yeah, I. Uh, I do. I, I really, again, I really appreciate the uh, uh, the, the tie dye uh, thing, and and uh, you know I'm I am a Grateful Dead fan, but um, I probably don't fit the uh, really the description of Deadhead, even though I might 
I look that way, and my passion for that music is is such that, that it might fall into that category. But there are probably other categories where I don't I don't really fit there. Loud and clear, Babbers. I totally <laughs> get you. Loud and clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's good. But yeah, you know, I'm surprised that tie dye has kind of come back. You know. Well, um, it's it's good. What about the Crocs? Would you wear the Grateful? If we got you a pair of Grateful Dead tie dye Crocs, if no, I could I'm find probably a pair. not. A, I I heard. Uh, somebody say that I'm I'm probably not a Crocs person. That's uh, okay. Yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not that. I'm. Uh, no, I, I I'm not even saying probably not. I'd say no <laughs> on that. Very kind of you to think about that. But uh, no, I was interested that the Grateful Dead. You know, it, it it's it's that whole Grateful Dead. You know, uh, merchandising thing has kind of gotten out of hand. I think, but. Um, I got some of the original stuff. That's that's where my interest is. It's a way to be. Mike, we will talk some more football, and we'll get into some more football next week because the uh, the Big Ten world of football will keep spinning. So never gets boring or old. And thanks for a few minutes today. Yeah, when life looks like easy street, there's danger at your door. A little grateful dead to say goodbye. Appreciate be it. Be safe. You too. There he is, Mike Babcock at MD Babs. Follow him on Twitter. Talk a little golf. Mike Schuart's on the way. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider, the latest on the Big Ten and college football here in 30 minutes. We welcome in our, our partner from Friday out at Wilderness Ridge. What an amazing time. We did the show live. A happy hour with Hale Varsity last Friday, 4 to 6 on the deck. He even brought a tent, man. We say hi to Mike Shuart. Shuey, what do you know? How's your week? Man, it's beautiful. Beautiful week. You have ordered up that weather. You know it? I know it. Just keep this going for a few more months. How about that? that that'll be perfect. And while you're, you're taking orders and making things happen, let's get this uh, October 10th thing. Uh, <laughs> let's make it a reality. Uh, are you, uh, would you bet your money or my money on October 10th with football? Hey, you called that last week on the show. I... That, maybe did. I said something about that, yes. I think you did. I think you're the one that made that happen, man. You put that good karma out there. You, well, here, the reality is you hire a really dirty private detective and you get pictures <laughs> of people. <laughs> it's amazing how you can get things done if you know the right people. And you just say, hey, <laughs> here's what I got. <laughs> oh, well, listen, um, I, I think it's 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 crazy to to think that we'll know right until we know. But hey, uh, what do you make of the president? We we've talked golf stories about Trump before, but uh, when's the last time a a, a a president, a sitting president, made a phone call to somebody uh, <laughs> that's a commissioner of the league, not to, to say congrats on a national title? Exactly. Like, never. That's- yeah, that's got to be a first ever. That never happens. It's like, good for him, though. I mean, it's good for us if it helped make it happen. No, I, I agree with you here. And you, you know a little bit about the Big Ten. You, you've coached in the league for a long time. And, all right, if Nebraska needs to flip six, <laughs> you, got, you got Ohio State, Nebraska, and, and Iowa. And we know that Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan want to play. Don't say just for argument's sake that we can get the 
presidents and chancellor of those three schools to flip, doubtful. But say you get those six of the other Big Ten schools, who do you try and go uh, go Frank Underwood on? You got to go Iowa. Aren't the, they going to flip? Right. Well, I was I was there. You have you have the three that, oh, that's that right. you have three yeses: Ohio State, Nebraska, Iowa. You have we want to, but mom or dad won't let us. That's Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. Yeah. Say you you say, well, Jimmy's doing it too, and you know Buckeye's doing it, and Herbie's doing it, and and Hawkeye's doing it. Come on. So maybe they relent. Maybe there's enough medical equipment and testing delivered. Maybe there's job creation. I don't know what's pulled off to get it done, but let's just say those three go, uh, along with the three that are already yeses. Who can you get to flip? Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, Sparty, Rutgers, Northwestern, Minnesota. Well, I got to believe you can get Indiana. Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah, you I mean you got a you got a you got a PE coach with the the bike shorts and whistle around his neck and Coach Allen, and I mean I think he's exactly. a good coach. But um, um, you got to be able to get Indiana. They got to go. Purdue. I mean Notre Dame's playing for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. How about Purdue? Why not Purdue? I mean, they got. I would sure think they'd want to play. They, they, I think they want to play too. I think the president's on record yesterday, and he's a Republican guy. Uh, that that he he voted no. But there you go. So you've got uh, you've got Ohio State, you've got Nebraska, you've got Iowa, you've got Michigan, you've got Penn State, you've got Wisconsin and Purdue and Indiana. You need one more. Can you if get Michigan go? If Michigan goes, Michigan State's got to go. I think Sparty is ready to just hide from the season. To be honest with you, that's true. I think I think you go after Lovey, don't you? Yeah. Can you get him to flip, though? Wasn't well, he pretty I mean, adamant about not wanting to play? I think he wants to play. I think he wants to play, and you got Illinois, uh, where the uh, the rapid test development kind of happened, right? Yeah, so, that's true. So maybe you go get Illinois. I don't think P.J. Fleck or Minnesota wants any part of a season. No. I J- agree with that. Just because he hadn't said anything. That guy's always running his mouth, and he hasn't said a peep, so it's like... <laughs> You're right. That dude doesn't. He doesn't want to play. Well, we've if he'd got, want to play, man. He'd be chirping like a yeah. He'd be canary. running his mouth. We he'd be singing. So we're we're in unison here. Illinois, Purdue, Indiana, come on down. I got to ask you. When's the last time you uh, you saw uh, somebody tell Dustin Johnson to hold my beer on a playoff hole with <laughs> uh, with Ram knocking down a sixty six footer after a forty five footer went down? How about that? That, that was, was incredible, epic, wasn't it? That was fun. You know, you know, the only thing that missed was fans. That oh, place would have been going been absolutely rolling. bananas. So that was epic golf. That was so fun to watch. Mike, in in your objective view, which shot was the better shot? Oh man, I can't say one was better. They were both equal. It was match. I match you, you match me, type of thing. You know, he Dustin's got to make it to even get in the into the playoffs, and then Rom's like, take that. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's it's just really fun when guys kind of get into that mode in the competitive golf side of it. They instead of hitting each other, they do crazy things by making long putts, hitting incredible shots. You know, that's that, that's golf's version of a big hit or dunk or something like that you know it's 
it, it's pretty fun to watch those guys when they're on the top of their games. With Ram, he, I mean, his his really snaked down. I mean, it went it went everywhere to the clown's mouth. I mean, it was one of those the way he read the green for it to go left and then right and then. The speed. He had a two percent chance. He had a two percent chance to make that. What are the odds of that? Two percent. Man, come on, that's impressive. Shuey, what's the longest putt you've drilled? Ooh, I've made I made some pretty long ones before. Probably eighty footer. Oh, really? Yeah. With the uh, Shuard putter. Oh yeah. I love that. Real quick, give me a thought on Atlanta this weekend uh, and uh, East Lake. Great golf course. Another one kind of like what they just played. They'll set it up tough. So ball strikers golf course. You know, it's funny because you look at the leaderboard this week, really tough golf course. A lot of really great ball strikers up there on the top of the leaderboard. Atlanta's going to be the same. A little different venue because you're going to have a little different grass. So it's guys that are used to Bermuda. Growing up in Bermuda, Bermuda will have a little bit of an advantage it's a lot different playing out of like bluegrass like around here so those guys have a little advantage got a little adjustment period getting out of that stuff it's not nice no i wouldn't imagine it is shuey what uh as we hope for sooner fall football uh this weekend man gonna be gonna be beautiful holiday weekend as well and i mean Place to be is your 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 deck at Wilderness, and of course, uh, on the course, man. Tell folks uh, what's in store this weekend. Uh, weather's supposed to be beautiful. Um, I just looked at our tee sheet. Labor Day, we're already packed. So great golfing weather, uh, great food, great drink. What more is there, man? Let's play golf. Go sit on the deck, have some drinks, have something good to eat. Get some football on. <laughs> yeah, that'd be even better yet. <laughs> I like it. Shuey, we'll talk next week, buddy. Uh, look forward to seeing you again soon, and thanks for the time today. You bet. Thank you, guys. There he is, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. That is a holiday weekend. little football, little drink, little deck, and uh, making the putts. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. One final time this hour, Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Game Day, is checking in in 10 minutes. Jay Moore uh, from uh, Hale Varsity, his podcast, More To It, and Big Red Wrap-Up, his sit-down with Bill Moose last night. We'll talk to... Jay Bird about uh, some golf and, of course, the possibility of October football. And uh, we want to talk wings. I am a bit of a wing snob. I have a bunch of frozen chicken wings in my freezer. And I always love going to the grocery store and going to the cold case or or the packaged, non, the non-frozen, and just getting them day of and then throwing them on the smoker. And with fall around the corner or late kickoffs you know typical seven o'clock kickoffs you get done with the weekend edition a hail varsity you go throw the smoker on and you smoke wings for two and a half three hours and you pour a crown and it's awesome well uh i this is incredible this is andrew andrew is at the city council meeting you've probably seen uh his plea when it comes to what's in a name and uh andrew spoke for many 
uh, with Lincoln City Council, and uh, he wants uh, the name to be appropriate when we're talking wings, when we're talking wings versus tenders. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning and treating things as, as though they're normal. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. You want bone in or boneless, right? That's a common question. And more from Andrew in his fight, the good fight about the appropriate name. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. <laughs> Bones. Bone. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around and pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken and it's delicious. Bone is, is better. You get the bone in pork chop, you get the bone in steak, you get the chicken breast on the bone. I mean, he's making sense, Elijah. But what could we call boneless chicken wings instead? Tenders. I'll take a chicken tender, please. I liked, I liked his suggestion of, uh, what was it, saucy nugs? Yeah, saucy nugs. <laughs> it's all right. So thank you, uh, Andrew, for stepping up to the city council and fighting the good fight. And I'm going to do my part and for now on abstain from frozen wings. I just got to knock out what I've got in my freezer. I'll do that this weekend. College football, ACC, Clemson, Georgia. How about the Big Ten? Brad Edwards is next. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Into hour two. Thanks for spending time on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, coming up, Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFLer and uh, part of Big Red Wrap Up. His sit down with Bill Moose last night. We say hi to Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Game Day at Jay Brad Edwards. Brad, we're getting closer and closer, bud. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm not as popular today as that dude in Lincoln though, who uh, who addressed city council. Andrew, that was, that we were just viral today. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, Andrews' his name, and you know you, you got to fight for things that are important to you. Absolutely. And, and damn it, it's chicken tender. It's not boneless wings. <laughs> Pretty good. You know, yeah, the, the, those are are not actually wings. They are. Um, 
they're kind of like little chicken fingers, like like little chicken thumbs or something like that, you know. I'm but gonna, but I, I'm I'm with them on that. They're they're not wings. Oh, exactly. And I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my part. And I was just whining to Elijah that I'm uh, usually I've done I've I've done wings that that are in the freezer and then I'll smoke them right. But my preference is to just go get them either in the package or. You know, in the, in the in the meat case, and and that's how I've usually this time of year is great because you start covering football or you get a late kickoff and it's a road game, and then you can throw a football party while you're air quote covering the game at home on your patio, and you can turn the smoker on and roll the TV outside. I mean, it's just yeah. wonderful. My only thing with wings, I I love wings if they're done really well and with the right sauce and all that, um, but I will never order them anywhere that I go because you don't get your money's worth. I don't. I've never tried to see how many wings I could actually eat. Like if I had an unlimited supply, how many? I mean, if it was all you can eat, I would think it would be somewhere in the forty to fifty range. And I don't know what that would cost you in a restaurant. But that's um, a good good point. I you know yeah. next time you're in town and well I got a spot for you in town that will go now. Okay. I legit, you got a sponsor? No, well, I, we'll work on something. Are, are you putting the bill? Okay. <laughs> Either way, yeah. I, I'm not just setting you up. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make it worth your while. Uh, yeah. All right, we got to do that in golf. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. We need to get Miami back in town, so <laughs> so, so, so there's a road game, you know, so you guys are here again, which is awesome. we got to get Bo back in town, too. I miss Bo. I, I oh. want to check in on him, too. Well, he, well I, let's just start there before we get into the president and commissioner warren yeah but lsu huh? yeah i mean everyone's opting out publicly uh easy o's saying the right things privately that rock, locker room's probably been destroyed uh what do you make all the opt-outs from lsu man yeah that, that's really weird uh obviously the whole year is weird um you're always you're always going to have issues with motivation coming off a national championship. There's a reason that very few teams win two in a row. Uh, but I'm not sure LSU ever even had a chance to win two in a row. When you when you look at um, at the, the the assistant coaches that they lost on top of losing Joe Burrow and so many that was 11 guys drafted I and mean, they tied the record. So the the losses were already significant. Now this is not to say that they're going to become a you know. 500 team because we, we know they still have a ton of talent because of the way they recruit. But as far as being good enough to, to beat Alabama or Georgia, I just, I don't know that they even had it, you know, going into the spring before everything else. Then when you start to have, you know, some guys for whatever reason, and that that's, that's the thing is that we, we really don't know unless the guys are willing to say why it was that they left. I mean, I'm sure you saw the, the article about coach O today and, and, you know, there were there were some players that were uh, that were not happy uh, with him expressing um, his his like for President Trump. Um, but but is that why they opted out? I, I mean, it's possible. Um, I, I've also heard rumors that um, that there are agents that are just um, that are just hanging out around a lot of the the, the big time talent programs. Mm-hmm. And getting in kids' ears and and trying to capitalize on the fears that they have that uh, something bad could happen because of the virus, and you know, you know, basically talking them out of playing. And oh, by the way, uh, as soon as you decide not to play, sign with me, and then we'll start getting you ready for the draft. 
Um, and, and so, is it is it some of that stuff? I, I don't know. It's, we just we just don't know what it's related to. But I do know this: that the more guys opt out, the the easier it is for the guys who are still there to say, you know what, we're not even going to be competing for a championship this year. I'm not sure if I want to be a part of this. So maybe someone else who is on the fence decides to follow the others. And I, I tell you what, LSU is they've got to be down in the 70 range as far as scholarship players. Um, and, and this is a season that we know with everything else going on, depth could be a, a big factor in who ends up, you know, winning certain games. Uh, so it's just, it's all setting up to be really bad for them as far as uh, a defending chair. I, by the way, I, I, I would doubt in the history of college football, um, or, or maybe let me at least go back as far as, you know, since World War II, I have no idea what type of wholesale turnover there might have been prior to then. But at least since World War II, I cannot imagine there was ever a defending national champion that lost as much between on-the-field talent and coaching talent from one year to the next, you know, coming off the title than, than LSU did. Or maybe, for maybe, maybe you take championship teams out of the mix and just say any team. I don't know if any team has ever lost as much as they have from one season to the next. It's it's uh, it'll be if they go seven and three. I'd say that he did a heck of a job. Brad, I'm seeing schools like LSU with a lot of talent opting out this season, but I'm also seeing schools like Clemson, uh, who's retaining most of their talent for this season. When you look at the Big Ten starting in the spring, which direction do you think that the players in the Big Ten are more likely to go? Well, I think it all depends on what they think their draft prospects are. You know, that, that if, if they believe that they've got a pretty good chance of, of getting taken in the first two days, and of course, if you believe you got a chance to go day two, it probably doesn't take a whole lot to talk you into thinking that, you know what, if, if you perform really well at the combine or, or whatever it may be, that maybe you could work your way up to day one. I, who knows what you could convince a player of who has a lot of confidence in himself already. But, but I, I would think that, you know, a lot of the better players, um, are likely to opt out with the with the spring season. Now there still be plenty guys left in order to you know to fill out the rosters and play the games. Um, but as far as the the guys that you'd be most excited to watch, I would think that you know at least the ones that would be draft eligible, I, I, I think would be likely to not play. Brad Edwards with us, ESPN Insider College Game Day at J Brad Edwards on Twitter. We've been talking about uh, this kickoff start for the Big Ten inching up uh not just january but maybe thanksgiving and maybe from thanksgiving we we look at october and now bill moose has said that's that's just a rumor you had president trump uh meet with commissioner warren over the phone and you have some movement you've got ohio state practicing you have sources around ohio state uh saying you know october 10th maybe october 17th he can still slam in a nine to ten game schedule You've got Michigan practicing, Nebraska's practicing. Nobody's in pads, but maybe you're starting to see a ramp up. Who knows? It's still they might as well get in pads. Did you did you see the news that just came across about the NCAA's furloughing its whole staff? Yes. Yeah, I mean, no one's monitoring it. Why don't you just go ahead and practice in pads? Who cares? Who's going to do? Who's going to rat you out? Now you know somebody that 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 wears Buckeye red lives in Michigan and and has a oh has has a scope so they can they can rat out one another. They just need to have a mutual agreement that they're all going to break the rules and and 
so be it. And what are you going to do, right? We'll just send the president back in. So what, what's, your, <laughs> what's your reaction to, to, to Trump? jumping in and now we've got we've got some momentum here or do you think it's momentum or do you think it's false hope no and i and tell you the truth i'm not sure if this if this whole thing was was put out by trump because he wants to um make people in some of those key states aware that that he wants it to happen you know he's doing everything he can or whether it's the other side that's putting it out because they want to get people's hopes up, knowing that it's not going to happen, so then that they'll go back to being angry at him again when it doesn't. I, I, I mean, I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you who I think is more likely to have planted it, but I believe that's all it is is a plant um, for political purposes. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any way they would play in October. And, and even the November thing, I, I realize that, that among the, you know, the, the of coaches and the ADs, the November thing is really interesting, and I'm sure those are legitimate discussions. My question is, are, are the presidents actually entertaining this idea of, of playing in November? Because it just, it, it seems to me, and I, I, I could be off base, but it seems to me that unless there is some major change, you know, whether that is a, um, you know, a, a breakthrough in technology as far as the the testing and their their ability to test um whether there's some sort obviously a vaccine i I don't know it's like some some new information that comes along unless there's a significant change between what they had available when they made the decision to postpone a couple weeks ago two three weeks ago whenever that was Mm -hmm. and and thanksgiving then if you're the president how do you justify walking it back and all of a sudden playing in the fall. I mean, you've got to have a really good reason you can throw out there publicly for doing it. Otherwise, it looks like it looks like you're basically saying, you know what, we might have jumped the gun and made a bad decision, um, probably should have been a little bit more patient, and now we're going to fall in line and do what everyone else is doing. Uh, or not everyone else, but at least what the, you know, look, Let's be honest. The, the the places that are doing it, that are going ahead and playing, are the ones that they refer to as the football factories. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 the presidential types, university president types, they look down on those schools. You know, they don't want to be like those schools. So I just I can't see the Big Ten presidents wanting to play in the fall. And on top of that, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago that that. These universities were announcing that they were going to stop allowing kids to come back after Thanksgiving because the belief was, and maybe it still is, that the virus numbers are likely to go up again once flu season hits. So all of it just it doesn't make sense to me as far as the timing of starting around Thanksgiving. I, I think it's idiotic to do Thanksgiving. I think it's idiotic to do January if if you get the other power five schools that get through a season and they're playing the college football semifinal when you're kicking off against Rutgers. I mean, no one's going to be watching. So here's one I'll throw out at you though. Um, And I have no idea. Like, okay, let's just say for argument's sake, the big 10 was able to put this thing together and they, they're going to start playing around Thanksgiving. Okay. I, I believe that they would probably be at week four when the 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 uh, ACC, Big Twelve, SEC were playing their conference championship games, the same weekend as, as Week Four for the Big Ten, mm-hmm. is there any way 
that the selection committee might look at one Big Ten team, and we'll just say Ohio State because we know they're the best team. Is there any way that they could look at what Ohio State's done through the first four games and say, you know what, they're one of the four best teams. We're going to invite them to participate in the playoff. Is that possible? Um, and, and if it is possible, if, if there's not a rule up front that, okay, Big Ten and whoever else decides to start playing later, they're not going to be eligible for the playoff, unless there's a rule like that, would the Big Ten be tempted to front-load Ohio State's schedule in order to give them maximum opportunity to impress the selection committee within those first four weeks so that they might get invited to the playoff? I I have no idea. I think that's Maybe a brilliant you, idea. I think yeah. you, I think you do it. I mean, you let them kick off with Michigan. You let them play Penn State. You get Iowa in there, and you get Wisconsin, and maybe Nebraska, and, and there you go. Yeah, I mean, get, get the, whatever whatever the best teams were that were going to be on their schedule, let them play them in the first four games, and if they win them all, you know what? If they're eligible, I, I think you got a hard time, you know, taking a, a second SEC team or an American team over them if you're the selection committee. Well, I want to see Clemson, Ohio State round two. I mean, that I mean that's oh. you know, in Ohio State's not any, had anyone really opt out, so. I mean, that, that'd be fantastic. I mean, that was a great game last year. And, and look, as, as much as, you know, we've been – most years we would assume in a situation like this, the SEC is just going to get a second team. Mm-hmm. But we just talked about what's happened with LSU. I mean, they're gutted. Um, Georgia, the news today that Jamie Newman is opting out. Now, of course, he'd never played it down there. Right. And he was an above-average quarterback at Wake. Maybe with better talent around him at Georgia, he could have been really good. I don't know. But I don't think Georgia's going to be as good. They had a long way to go offensively already. Mm-hmm. I, maybe it's just Alabama. Maybe there's not a second team in the SEC that, that really would be difficult to keep out of the playoff. I, I don't know. I, I think it's, well, I think you, it's, it's you've fascinating. Got, you've got the Notre Dame and Clemson question. Maybe you get two from the, SEC this, or the uh, ACC this year, and you've got the SEC winner, and you have Oklahoma. But depending on how much – uh, film you get out of Ohio State, they should be definitely considered, even though because it's out of their control, they may be short X number of games. They may not be at, at game eight, nine, or ten, but maybe they're at game five or six. Who knows? Brad, yeah, and of course, once again, I mean, the, the question is, would they be eligible out of the gate? And then if the selection committee shows them, would they stop playing in conference and get ready for the playoff, <laughs> or would they keep playing the conference games in between? Oh, well, Crazy. Yeah, well, I, I hope they keep playing if they already got the nod. Brad, we'll uh, continue to follow college football, my friend, and uh, we'll get that uh, that wing and golf thing nailed down, and we'll get All you right. here the next time we have football. Wait. Hey, you take care. Thanks for the time today. Okay, you too. <laughs> it's Brad Edwards. I'm putting I'm putting money down. Brad could knock out 45 wings. That's what I'm thinking. That's a lot of wings. Jay Moore's on the way with Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Excited to say hi to Jay Moore, black shirt Husker NFLer. Of course, his podcast with Hale Varsity, more to it. Frequent contributor and uh, co-host from time to time with Hale Varsity Radio. And he's a co-host. He's always, you know, looking good on TV. That was weird to say. Big red wrap up. Jay Moore and Jay Moore 44. Jay Bird, what's up? How are you? So I'm doing, doing well. Just uh, on a 
drive up to Omaha right now. And other than that, things are things are well. Weather's good. Rumors of football come back earlier than we might expect. <laughs> keeps me uh, keeps you a little more optimistic and less cranky. So I. Uh, not too many complaints here. I was smiling yesterday as well, and and it got shot down. And we'll get into Bill Moose here in a little bit with your uh, interview with him and the in the crew at Big Red Wrap Up last night. But you know, President Trump kind of starts the day off uh, yesterday. Let's talk, and him and Commissioner Warren do talk, and you got Twitter on fire with uh, Hey, maybe the Big Ten can move forward. Jay, you're a you're a great golfer. I don't know where President Trump falls into the the talent level of golf. I just got to ask you this. A, would you play around with him? B, would you rat him out if he improved his lie? A uh, thousand percent, I would play with him. There is no doubt about that. I think it'd be an absolute blast. I've known a couple people that have, they were like just around him before he was president. And it's, you know, he said he was uh, a lot of fun to be around. You know, they actually play with him, but they're in like a group ahead of him, behind him, but had some sort of interaction on tees. And he said he was great. So I would, yeah, I would definitely take the opportunity to play golf with him. And no, I would definitely not rat him out. I mean, no. No, not at all. Unless, you know, I, even for a plan for my, I would have a hard time right now on the president. You know, I'd be, that'd be a tough deal. I just kind of, you know, look the other way. You totally know he'd play for money, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to probably want to play for a whole lot more money than I would have. So, but it'd be fun. I would definitely, I would definitely, the opportunity ever arose, I would. I would definitely take that one. That would, that would be, uh, that'd be an all-timer right there. Last thing, would you let him win? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. You, you'd just, no. you'd smoke him. <laughs> oh, I try. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would. I would try to. Yeah, I think he would want. He would have want that. I think that's pretty you know, good. He probably has, you know, the Secret Service out in the trees kicking balls back into play. Wow. You know, <laughs> so, so he's gonna have all the opportunities to beat me as possible. I'm not. I'm not gonna let him win. I know that. Jay Moore is with us, Sale Varsity Radio co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, you had a chance to sit down with Bill Moose last night, and Bill Moose uh, is saying, look, there's things that, that are being discussed as part of the competition committee, and uh, October's not been on that radar. What were your takeaways with uh, your Moose interview last night? Yeah, I mean, he held everything pretty close to the vest. You know, he does, did say that they meet, as athletic directors for two hours every morning. And I think he said as of yesterday, that was our 120th meeting, you know, their Zoom meeting. Listen, October 10th or October 17th is definitely on, you know, it's being discussed. He doesn't want to put it out there to get people's hopes up, you know? I mean, that's the last thing. We, we've already had our hopes, you know, up and schedule release that, you know, football's going to start this week. And that got shot down just, you know, five to, five to six days later. So I think he understands the situation there and he can't get people's, you know, expectations and hopes up to, you know, have a much earlier start than anticipated. And, yeah, everyone knows that, you know, for the last couple of weeks, the Thanksgiving start's been discussed. So I think that's, and that's maybe a little more realistic, although I don't, you know, some people are like, it's October 10th, October 17th, enough time. I mean, I think if you gave these guys, you know, two weeks, I think everybody could be ready to play. I, I, I really do. Um, and they'd make it happen. And I know, especially, you know, out of the, you know, six to eight teams that really want to play. I think it could, they would they'd make it happen. Um, but the one interesting thing I thought was I took away from it was um, between the case between athletic directors and and presidents and Kevin Warren. You know, I think the ADs never had a chance to sit down with all the presidents and and and, um, and chancellors as a whole as a unit. You know, all in the room together. It was the ADS communicates to Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren then communicates 
to to athletic, or excuse me to the to the presidents and chancellors, and like you know, now we all we don't play the game of phone tag. We know the how the message mm-hmm. can get kind of screwed up going through that. I think this is what's frustrating, especially this day and age. You're making a decision this big, you can't get everyone together in one room to make a decision and to make a decision for the best. And I think, and, and, and maybe Kevin Warren wanted that so he could control his message. He can kind of say certain things and leave things out, and you know, it's just it's just it's messy. It in. Bill said that there was a communication error, and that's very, very frustrating in, in that day, in this day and age, where when you're making this huge, huge economic decision to shut everything down, um, it's frustrating. It's, it's absolutely frustrating and mind blowing. I mean, I said it. I said it's mind blowing about three times on the show last night talking about it, and it's you can't believe. Like, why would they not have a seat at the table with everyone and discuss it with everyone? And, and maybe, you know, maybe that's what they wanted because maybe a lot, of these, a lot of these, you know, presidents and chancellors obviously didn't want to play and they didn't want to be talked into it. And it's it's frustrating. That's the biggest That's the biggest thing I took away um, that they couldn't just get together and discuss and have, and honestly, just be civil about it and have a, have a normal conversation, you know. It was... We'll talk to Kevin and Kevin talks to them and these guys talk to Kevin and Kevin talks to us. It's like what what are we doing? Is this like no passing in, you know, sixth grade? Check you know, do you like me? Check yes or no. I mean it's <laughs> it's comical, you know, that it, that this is going on with the Big Ten conference. Um, you know, so obviously you can see why uh, the frustration with everyone and, and parents and coaches and obviously athletic directors because it just was it was, it was handled so poorly. Jay Moore is with us. He's part of Big Red Wrap-Up. You hear his podcast, More To It, and frequent contributor to Hale Varsity Radio at jmore 44 Bird, uh, Jay Bird, a thought with um, that messaging, and now that you've got Moose and Frost on the competition committee along with Ohio State's brass and Iowa, I mean, there can be, and don't kid yourself, you know where Harbaugh and Michigan are at, you know where Wisconsin's at, you know where Penn State's at. Is there a world we live in where October isn't dead, and I'm asking you to speculate, and maybe the the end result here is you've got benchmarks that are met, you've got rapid testing, you've got uh, EKG capability, and the teams that want to and their presidents say yes can go play where you have a Big Ten that's maybe really a Big Ten instead of 14 teams and you still get things in and kicked off by fall so you can have a, a title shot if you're Ohio State. I would love for that. I mean, I would take anything at this point. Hell, I would mean there was a discussion of, you know, there'd be six teams either a 10-game home and away. Okay. Um, I'd, take, I'd take anything at this point, whether – no, you want to be all on the same page, and it's the, you want to have some unified approach to everything. But I mean, there's just an economic impact um, that goes on with not only universities, but the you know the cities and towns they're in. And you know, for these teams that want to play, I mean, and Michael Severo was telling me last night that he goes, you know, Lincoln takes a huge hit, but what people don't realize because Michael actually lived in um, State College, and where, where Penn State was, his dad was a was a chef up there for. Um, the university, and he's like, they have a way bigger economic impact than Lincoln, Nebraska, because there's nothing within two hours of State College. You know, everything's two hours away. So they they solely rely on athletics to bring people into their town to spend money. 
you know, people just don't come there to, you know, hang out, you know, and, and you know, and see things, you know, they, they drive there to watch football games and basketball games and, and hockey games and so on and so forth. So, you know, he's just, he was completely kind of floored by, you know, Penn State's vote by the president. Uh, but I would just hope to think that just somehow you would just say, hey, you guys want to play, then this is what we're going to do. Well, if you guys don't want to play, then don't need to. You can take this time. I know it, it makes it a little messy because all of a sudden, what do you what do you do with you know eligibility issues for mm-hmm. the teams that do play, the teams that don't play? Um, you know, I just that becomes it's already a messy situation, anyways. Um, just with scholarship numbers going forward, but uh, I, I I mean I would take I mean hell I would take <laughs> I would just take six a home game six you know uh, whatever it is with you know the three teams that voted yes and you know Iowa and Ohio State mm-hmm. you know or something or just something, you know, just to get guys out there and to see, you know, football being played. But, I, you know, whether it starts in October, I start starts in, you know, early November or late November or something, I think just getting football in 2020 instead of 2021 is uh, would be really ideal and would, would make me and I know a lot of people in this state and in, in this country, you know, really happy. But, you know, it was... Things have, you know, crazy things have been happening, and, and all the information that's coming out. So, you know, as, as you get more information about the virus and more information about ADs and conversations with coaches, and you know, the conversations with chancellors or presidents, um, I think it's obviously a really fluid situation. So, hopefully, um, better better decision making is is happening, and you know, real conversations are had between ADs and, and presidents instead of. Ads and Kevin Warren, and Kevin Warren transferred that to, to the president. So that just gets too messy in my mind. Jay, about a minute here. Congrats on just a phenomenal uh, run for you at the state amateurs. You, you finished second. Yeah, you shot a record low sixty-five. Uh, did you have any ram putts from from seventy feet, brother? Way to be last weekend. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did not make any putts from. Uh, <laughs> From 70 feet, it, it was definitely doable on some of those greens out there. But um, no, I just made made some putts, hit it, hit it good, hit it close, and made some putts. So no, it was just one of those one of those days where uh, you get some good bounces, and you miss you miss, when your misses are in good spots, and you're you know chipper close and makes you know you made some putts. I I hit as many greens as I did the day before, and uh, and I just had nine fewer putts, so I shot 74 the first day. And I literally hit the same amount of greens the next day and shoot 65, and I had 27 putts. So, um, so there's, there's there's nine strokes right there. Use the math; it's pretty easy. Between a 74 and a, and a 65, so it was it was a good day. It was fun. Uh, obviously, needed a couple more coming in to, to beat Andy, but uh, you know he's such a good player. So uh, I knew once he got to six, it wasn't uh, he probably wasn't messing up. He's been there way too many times. So. Um, he obviously played great and has been playing great all this year, but it was, it was fun to give him a run in the last last day and finally kind of have everything come together for once. So uh, you guys, those, those rounds don't come around too often, so I'll, I'll enjoy that one and, and uh, try to recreate it more often, but uh, I, just, I don't foresee that happening too <laughs> anytime soon. Jay Moore's with us. Jay, uh, we'll uh, catch up soon. Congrats, and, and thanks for the time today, man. Yep, you got it, Shreddy. Good to talk with Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL. Or good thoughts there on on Jay's uh, part of the interview with uh, Bill Moose. A reminder here about 
Drinking and driving, one out of three fatal crashes involves impaired driving. That's drunk driving, buzz driving, or high driving. Uh, Law enforcement around the clock checking out sobriety checkpoints and saturation patrols. Start the conversation. Who's driving home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. A jock talk's on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben Woodhead is with us. Dr. Ben, how's your day? Hey, going well so far, Chris. How about yourself? Doing okay. Uh, excited to talk a little baseball. And my kid's favorite player is Aaron Judge, now that Jeter's retired. And I think we're up to maybe four different Jock Docs on, on Aaron Judge. He just can't seem to get <laughs> off the injured list, Dr. Ben. I know, it's tough. Once you start kind of down down that path of where you have an injury and then whether he's coming back too early or whether it's just this kind of chronic type of strain that's going on, you know, it's just hard to kick after a while. Dr. Ben Woodhead is with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. So you had commentary this week by Aaron Boone and really not a timetable for Aaron Judge when it comes to him getting back to baseball activities. Brian Cashman calling it a failed rehab when it comes to a, a calf strain, a second stint now for him on the injured list how does a a failed a how does a failed rehab happen dr ben well that's a good question because you know that he's working with probably the best they have out there and so you know whether it's a situation where maybe he tweaked it as he came back and he wasn't completely 100 percent, or you know whether he maybe came back too early he's probably been chomping at the bit to get back as soon as possible and so you know makes you wonder you know did you maybe did you maybe come back a little earlier than you should have and while you're not 100%, you know, you're not quite ready, and then, you know, you hurt yourself even more. That's certainly a, a potential. Dr. Ben, let's uh, get into a calf strain, and what are some ways on the diamond you can strain your calf? I mean, judges had issues with, you know, elbow. Judges had issues with oblique. I think that's just the amount of torque he gets being a guy that's 6'7", 285, as hard as he swings. But now when we get to the calf region, uh, what are your thoughts here as what maybe caused this? Well, it's hard to say whether it's from throwing he's playing off of that or whether it's just running. Um, you know, that's an overuse type of injury and, you know, anything can kind of place him at that risk when he's, you know, out there running or, or doing basically anything on the field. It can happen from any type of situation. And, you know, as you get older, you know, you're just more prone to it. And the more you're, the more you're active, especially for these type of guys, you know, the more they, they train, you know, you're certainly at a risk for that. And that's probably what's going on. Dr. Ben Woodhead's joining us a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, and we're talking Aaron Judge, another stint and an extended stint here, no timetable in return when it comes to uh, that uh, calf issue. And, you know, we go back to the end of August when he got pulled. Um, he, he plays the way you, you want to see a, a, a star play. It's not just at the dish, but... You know what, that calf area running to second base is where it tightened up on him again. And kind of take us through maybe some preventative uh, things that can happen moving forward or, and no doubt I'm sure that the Yanks and their staff have, have gone over this with him. But uh, so the next time you or I are hauling, you know what, to second base during softball, how do we keep a calf strain from happening? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good question. I think at least now, 
the main thing is, is he doesn't go back until he's completely 100%. And this, you know, muscle and tendon type of injuries, you know, these are kind of overuse type injuries or tweaking type injuries. These are hard to recover from, you know, whether it's a groin type injury, whether, you know, it's an elbow type tendonitis. Um, there's not a perfect or there's not a perfect surgical solution for these types of things. It's really time and healing. And once you do get to the point of where you're at a lessened pain or that inflammatory component is down, then then you get back to the rehab point where you start training to compete at the high level that he's at. And so, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios that make this quite difficult but most often just these are these are tough to come back from it's a time thing mostly well and looking at judges injury his in injury history you've got uh, limited spring training in february the guy had a stress fracture on his right rib uh yeah. and then he punctured his lung because of a diving uh catch and attempt last summer uh he, he didn't participate in full workouts and didn't play any games before the shutdown in March. And you know what this is? This is a guy that is in his late 20s that the the world's on his shoulders, and he's great. But he yeah. has been just bitten by the injury bug so many times in his brief career that I guarantee he's probably pushing to get back. Absolutely. And it makes you wonder with a lot of these guys, whether they were working out during the COVID um pandemic you know as they get back and maybe whether they have been prepping or not how many of these overuse or getting back to activities um type of injuries that we're going to see you know this is unprecedented times and people have not been out of sports like this in the past so it'll be interesting going forward dr ben woodhead we're talking aaron judge and his uh stint his continued stint no timeline on his return for that strained calf lincoln orthopedic center at jock doc wednesday so when we talk about uh, the calf and that region of your body, it not only affects to you what you want to do on, on the base paths, but it affects your mobility out in outfield. Now, they can DH him, but talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit here about just the mechanics when you remember and look at his swing and you know where he generates his, his power from. Yeah, he's got great upper body strength with his football background, but he's really well put together you know, uh, with his backside and then his legs are big. I mean, so with his calf, will that limit his power potentially when he does come back, if he does come back? Yeah, I think it absolutely will because any type of swing, you're going to get a lot through the legs and how can you really isolate the calves out or the calves out and not use it, you know? Um, that's part of the reason that he's so great. So um, I absolutely think it's going to affect it and it's going to affect everything because when you have guys that are like this and so athletic and so powerful, they rely on every basically ounce of muscle they have. And so when something is off, you're going to see the effects. That's part of what makes him so great. You know, is there another region that could be affected if he's trying to overcompensate and try and, I don't know how you do it, but but baby that region that's that's a strain, is there some some collateral issue that could happen with, with, uh, with yep. a joint or a body? Part. Yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, does it set him up for other injuries if he gets back too early, you know, whether it's in his hamstrings, quads, lower back, you know, everything is going to take the toll or make try and make up for what is not functioning at 100% in that calf. So I think with his history and the fact that he re-injured it, I think, you know, the only wise thing is to wait until he's completely 110% to get back. You certainly don't want to push it a second, third time, you know. 
Dr. Ben Woodhead's joining us, a Jock Doc Wednesday, Aaron Judge, our topic, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. And Dr. Ben, what are some, some treatment options for that calf? Do you do, uh, is, is there a gel? Is there heat? Is there ice? Is there ibuprofen? I mean, what type of, is there some sort of, uh, you know, ultrasound? I mean, what are the options for treatment? Right. So, just like any other type of overuse injury, you know, you're first going to look at the the rice therapy that everybody talks about, you know, resting it, icing it, you know, um, elevating it if there's some swelling. But at the same time, then doing anti-inflammatories. And he's going to, you know, I'm sure they have the best therapist down there, whether it's a massage therapist, physical therapist. They're going to do soft tissue type of techniques. And, you know, the therapists have a lot of new different techniques, whether it's an ionophoresis or, you know, where they're using gels and ultrasound to basically try and stimulate that area to heal, you know, they're going to be throwing everything in their power that they can at this to try and, to try and uh, heal it, whether it's got evidence behind it or not. That's the nice thing is that he, uh, he's going to be treated by the best out there. Dr. Ben Woodhead. Dr. Ben, thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Chris. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, big thanks to Jay Moore and Brad Edwards and Mike Babcock and Shuey tomorrow. Bill Bender, Sporting News, Gary Barnett, Brandon Vogel, Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke will check in with this reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. And uh, if you're moving in 2020, they can help and they can make it a smooth move for you for a limited time. You mentioned Hale Varsity and West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a phone call at 402-540-3768 or give Kelly Hofschneider a shout. Kelly's awesome as well at 402 202 312, it pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. They can handle agricultural land as well. If you've got, uh, you know, a large radius you're looking to move, they've sold ag land all over Nebraska. Go see them today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Elijah, what's on the docket for you tonight? Uh, I know your your nuggets survived and advanced. You sweated that out. That was low scoring, man. Yeah, but it was a it was a defensive battle. Something you don't see in basketball much anymore. Kind of felt very late nineties esque. Just defensive battle. Finished eighty to seventy eight. That was fun. Um, other than that, I got the abs on tonight, and uh, maybe go play some basketball with some friends. Good, good. I am I am I'm all winged up here, so I'm trying to decide whether or not to go eat chicken wings. And if we do so, how late that happens. So tomorrow doesn't completely suck. Uh, <laughs> big time decisions. We shall see. But uh, uh, let's get Jeff on the horn. Let's squeeze him in uh, real quick on Hale Varsity. Jeff, thanks for hanging on. Thanks for calling back. Go ahead. Hey, thank you. Um, I've just been listening to a bunch of different national um, 
college football people and uh, listening to them talk about Nick Saban and and walking with uh, the players that that wanted to do the Black Lives Matter and and listening to uh, about football being so political sized. But when hasn't it been? Um, which president helped create the NCAA? Um, and they talk about Paul Bear Bryant. Well, Paul Bear Bryant started bringing in African-American players back in 1970, 1971, which helped open the door for African-American students at Alabama. So I just like to, to hear your take on that. Well, I think it's something that Nick Saban needed to do, Jeff, and, and did do. And Jeff, uh, you look at Nick Saban, he listened. People say a lot of things about Nick Saban, but Nick Saban does care about his kids. It also uh, needs to keep his kids happy. I'm not saying he's just appeasing them. I'm not saying that Nick Saban doesn't have some positive thoughts about social change. And he stood with his guys. He stood with his guys. Mike Leach let his guys boycott practice and protest. I mean, guys that are pretty hard-edged understand the outcry and the frustration that, that does exist, and they let him do their thing. I don't know that the, the kids at LSU felt that Orgeron understood where they were coming from. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of guys tap out. And when it comes to Bear Bryant, he purposefully scheduled USC. They had a, a number of African-American players on their 71 team. Sam Cunningham, Bam was his nickname. He ran for three touchdowns and 150 yards. And that finally got Alabama over the hump to start recruiting black athletes. I'm out of time, but thanks for the phone call, Jeff. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.